Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of the Lead Her podcast. Today we have got Gemma Blamier. <laughs> welcome Gemma. Hi, thank you for having me. So Gemma is the women's health mentor and I actually found out about Gemma through my partner Joe and he came down the stairs one day and he's like, I'm working with this new lady, Gemma, she's amazing, she would be awesome for your podcast, like you guys are like proper like pro women, like <laughs> to get on the, on the podcast and I was like okay, okay, cool, so um, I've been watching Gemma for a while and the message that she's putting out there is amazing and like the conversation is changing, we are definitely talking a lot more about our periods and how to manage our periods around training, we're definitely talking a wee bit more about pre and postnatal training and menopause is no more like hush hush and Instagram and stuff now definitely people are talking about these things a lot more but the fitness industry is definitely still a lot more created for men let's say and I think the world is in general and it's great the conversation is improving but I still don't think it's at a level that it should be and I was speaking to Gemma last week and it's like we need to chat about this all a hell of a lot more and just giving you guys a bigger insight into like how you maybe could be training and like managing your nutrition better to kind of maybe suit you a little bit more and like Gemma's on a really cool mission to help women understand themselves more through helping other coaches coach their clients better so she's on an awesome mission right now that I'm like right let's just chat this all out today and see if it helps you guys at home listening in any way that's amazing or even just helping you become aware of who Gemma is and what she's doing and following her um, moving into the future as well and everything that you're doing so Gemma what else can you tell everyone else about you personally and professionally as well who are you? Okay <laughs> that was a big introduction how do I follow that? Um, so yeah, I uh, have been a PT for more than 20 years now and a health coach, specifically women's health, probably just about 10 years. Um, it's definitely my personal journey has always flavoured my professional journey, if you like. Um, I'm not really one to settle for no, if it doesn't suit like my needs. So, do you know, I had my first baby, well, he'll be 12 in December, and I was determined that I would just carry on as normal. There would be no difference. Do you know, like, remember my boss's horror when I came in to teach body attack. And I was, my due date was the Wednesday, and this was the Tuesday night. <laughs> he was like, why are you still here? Oh my God, you're going to have a baby while you're in the studio. Um. So, do you know, I was like, no, nah, this won't change me. I am not prepared to settle for being bubble wrapped and like sat in the house and not being able to do what I always wanted to do it it still frustrates me a little bit now that mums can't just go anywhere with their baby in a car seat and get back to what they used to do active mums do you know and there's not an awful lot for active women to continue their active life throughout the different stages of the female health journey you know, as far back as puberty, like I was in an elite performance pathway for athletes and not once was periods mentioned or that there might be a difference between the girls and the boys in the pathway and how they might need coached differently or emotive topics dealt differently. Then obviously when you go through 
pregnancy if you go down that if you decide to go down that path there's not an awful lot of guidance that we're better now but pre and postnatal fitness is still j-pop is still really generic and lots of lots of coaches don't really want to go there they're either all in or not at all and then when I was so I've now got had three children and after my third he's three and a half now um obviously we went through the pandemic as well and and I was like I completely lost all my strength all my joints seized up and I went to the GP and she was like oh it's because the gyms are shut and I was like that's not because I've done this for 20 years like there's something not right so then went on a a deep dive as to what it could be discovered the word perimenopause like had never even considered didn't even know that word existed I thought menopause was for old ladies never in my wildest dreams did I think that potty training and perimenopause would occur in the same part of my life but they very much did um and yeah and then I was like wow there's nothing for there's nothing for us in this space there's again there's some gen pop information that's not particularly helpful but there's nothing for women like me who want more than do your 10,000 steps and settle for what you've got do you know so now now I'm on a mission <laughs> now uh, I have gone from I think I said this to you when we spoke before there's a an, an journalist called uh, Kate Muir who did Davina's program and she says that when she got into this space she was a consumer of information she was just learning what she needed to to do the work that she was doing and the, when she learned more she was horrified at what she learned and she became a feminist because she was like this has got to change and then the more she learned she became an activist because she was like how do we make it change if if we're not in it to make it happen and that's definitely what's happened to me I uh, consumed information for my own benefit and then realized how wide the gap of knowledge was for women and became a feminist having never thought of myself as a feminist before because I've never felt hard done by I've always been one of those women who or girls who was like if he can I can like that's not going to stop me and then, yeah, definitely, I'm probably sitting in the activist camp now. Mm-hmm. Banging my drum saying, it's not good enough. We must do better. We can do better. We just need to know how. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I absolutely love that. So what are we doing, like, now to kind of become, like, that activist? Like, what are you kind of seeing within your business to be like, right, I want to do something about this and help more women? What have you been kind of actioning? So up until this year... I've really worked with women themselves directly, but there's only one of me. So I really, I thought, you know, this industry is, although it was an industry built by men for men and women have been on the end of that shrink and pink it model for, well, forever. The tide is turning and there are more and more coaches, trainers, PTs, fit pros that want to make a difference. So I gathered everything I've learned condensed it down into the female specific curriculum and have been taking it out to those fit pros coaches teachers that just need confidence in their own knowledge to start having those conversations with women and empowering women to know themselves better 
I read a stat the other day that was something like 74% of women are described as woefully, that, that's the word that the researchers used, woefully uneducated in their own health and well-being. Mm-hmm. Yeah, still to this day, when we think it's yeah. getting a little bit better, and it isn't. <laughs> it really but, is. I mean, I think the more, you don't know what you don't know, do you? And then the more you, you learn, the more you realise you've got to learn, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like I say, I'm a 39, nearly 40-year-old woman who until recently didn't even understand the the phases of my own menstrual cycle. Do you know, like I was I was like, yeah, I'll track my cycle, that's easy. But I didn't. Do you know what? Like I couldn't have told you. In fact, so we had a assisted conception for our second two children. And part of the process was knowing when day one of your cycle was and I didn't actually know and I was 30 that day one was the first bleed bleeding day like first feel bleed so anything up until actual bleed is not day one do you know like I, I, that was how uninformed I was and I thought I was really in tune and connected with my body and do you know but I just didn't know. And then I didn't even know the word perimenopause existed until I was 37. And yeah. I'd had three kids, one of which is a, is a girl. Do you know? And I was like, wow, <laughs> my knowledge gap is massive. Mm-hmm. And I'm a female living it. So imagine trying to help women understand themselves if you're a man. Mm. And there's something, there's a stat that says that 70% of coaches and fitness professionals are men so where do they start if if they don't know and the biggest barrier to having those conversations is the trainer's own confidence in what they know so yeah my mission is to help them feel confident in what they know to have the conversations with the women that they work with so that those women are empowered within their own health and well-being mm-hmm. yeah and they're not just training them like little men yeah, exactly. They're not just given the same kind of things, but less reps and lighter weights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's better ways, and there's better ways for menopausal women to train effectively and efficiently than premenopausal women, for example. Mm-hmm. Do you know what? And once you know the client that you're working with, and you understand where she is in her female health journey, you can provide a more tailored service and get better results mm-hmm. yeah and then and then it's also helping like you said there's only one of you there's only so many women that you can help but exactly. it's like now the mission is like if I help lots of other coaches and there's more women out there getting the help that they deserve not that they need yeah. they deserve that help and it's like when they are trained like many men and they can't do it, they then feel like they're a failure. They then resent yep. any fitness and health advice. They, they feel like it just doesn't work for them and they're broken and they're not. They're yep. just not being trained in a certain way that manages their hormones or their mood or their lack of sleep through like night sweats and stuff that can kind of happen. Like all these things like we are so different men and some people see that as a bad thing but I think it's also a very interesting thing and we can help it work in our favor in some ways as well can't we oh definitely you just have to know what you're 
working with and if your client doesn't understand herself then both of you are at a loss you know neither of you know really where to start but if you're both working together to understand each individual client that you have in front of you and how their circumstances affect what they can and can't do with you then you build a much more authentic relationship with every client and once and we know that women thrive within the relationship so if they feel confident in you even if they're not confident in themselves then they will still be willing to be vulnerable to share to set goals to to be in the vulnerable place of trying to achieve a goal Mm -hmm. because they're confident they're confident in you and your relationship with them so it makes a massive difference um and yeah it can 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 completely change the playing field for women yeah and yeah and it probably makes it more enjoyable for the coach as well to be okay like I actually understand why someone's like why we're having this difficulty like there's problems that we can solve it rather than being like oh like that client's not they can then doubt themselves and be like maybe I'm a crap coach and I can't people results and I think it's really good within their business if they can help everyone through these emotions and these changes that it promotes their business and and helps them grow as a coach as well because they're giving people the help that they deserve. Oh definitely and alongside like looking for answers for myself I've got three clients that stick in my mind from that particular time in my life in my business that we were jumping through every hoop that I knew and nothing was working like they and they were independent of, of each other but it was at the same time and I was like and I was like it's me mm-hmm. I, like I'm, I'm crap there's something that like I don't know I'm just rubbish and I remember saying to one of them it can't just be about the squats and the broccoli like there must be something bigger at play I just don't know what it is but like I have given you all my golden nuggets and none of them are showing any reward you know so you're absolutely right not only can it take women from feeling like they're rubbish and it must be them because they they're not getting the same results as someone else that they've seen in before and after pictures but it also supports coaches themselves from feeling like they're rubbish do you know it takes everybody to a more empowered informed place yeah absolutely and some people will listen to this and go oh well all coaches like everyone puts coaches on a pedestal as if we're so confident and we know everything and we're like bossing it and we're so motivated but honestly I have had times where I thought I'm a bad coach and I feel like I'm not good enough and I thought I can't help these people what's wrong with me but then there's the people at home that's like what's wrong with me I can't and it's really good to just open that conversation together and sometimes I'd be sitting with clients and I'm like look I've like you said I've done everything that I think of is there anything you feel on your side that would maybe help as well so that we can kind of find a solution together to keep moving you forward because you're doing amazing and just trying to reinforce that it's them you know it's so hard so I think it's amazing that you're doing this so through this course do we kind of start from puberty I guess or do you kind of take well so we kind of go through the differences between men and women as basic as the skeleton mm-hmm. um, and like the impact that us having wider hips has on women's ability to squat, you know, further down the line or uh, women being more prone to non-contact ACL injuries, which has been quite topical with, 
women's football but that that's that's not a phenomenon that's a only football related that's actually because we have wider hips and our leg bones are further apart um breasts pelvic floor pelvic floor muscles um and your how women's brains work a little bit differently so they're not necessarily you couldn't look at two brains and say that's a man's brain that's a woman's brain but how we process emotion differently and perceive emotion differently and how we deal with it differently versus men so we're quite external with it men are quite internal with it if you're a female working with a man or a man working with a female sometimes that can cause conflict because women are empathetically wired and men are problem uh, focused so I actually think I've heard Joe talk about this that he is a problem solver and he wants to solve your problems and you're like fuck off I don't want you to solve it I just want you to listen and that's that's the difference in our brains so if you're a male coach trying to work with a female who just wants to tell you how she's feeling their default is to try and fix that Mm-hmm. And women don't often want to be fixed. They just want to be heard. Mm-hmm. So yes, basic differences is that. And then we follow the female health cycles. So we go puberty, menstrual cycle, menopause, and then tools for integration and, and implementation. I don't cover pre and postnatal because there's quite a lot of that out there already. And not every female client will be pre or postnatal, but every female client will follow the female health journey. Otherwise, puberty and in a menopause mm-hmm. so yeah that's that's where we go with that mm-hmm. and I get on my soapbox <laughs> that's really interesting that you don't do the pre and postnatal stuff but that makes total sense because not everybody's going to go through that cycle like those other ones are guaranteed for everybody and like we always say like I remember when I was younger like you, you menopause was like a bad thing yeah it's like you would whisper it and it would be like, oh, she's going for menopause. Like you would, you wouldn't really, it felt like something that was bad and scary and dark. That's all I remember as a kid, like growing yeah. up, even even as like maybe early twenties, I'd always be like, oh, that creepy or yucky or like, whatever. Women are on the turn. Yeah. And it's just like, I don't, I don't know why I was even bringing that up there, but it's just like, you don't, you think these things are bad and that women, like you, you've got a choice with it. You don't have a choice with it. It happens. It's normal. It's natural. That why is it so like? Why was it so hush hush and dark? And I just feel sorry for my mum, like to go through all of that with us as kids and not knowing how we could have maybe helped more ourselves as well. Um. Yeah. So I think that's really really good that it is something that you're helping men with as well to open this conversation and not be funny about it. Like I've still got family members who see my Instagram and I'm talking about my period and they're like, why? <laughs> put your period on Instagram and I'm like because I'm talking to women I'm not talking to you like this isn't for you it's like literally helping women hear these things to go it's not just me that has a really crap week before my period it's quite normal and to know that you're going to get the weeks after that you're like super strong and super powerful and you can feel like super mum on those weeks as well you get the good weeks you get the bad weeks and it's all through this hormonal cycle but we think we're mental and there's something wrong with us and then we get our period and go oh maybe that's <laughs> exactly but then do you know I think everything along the the female specific everything all comes shrouded in that veil of embarrassment do you know we talk about pelvic floors and like people just settle for peeing themselves 
Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you don't have to though. Like th- there are ways and means of, of not being like that or or not worrying when you sneeze or coughing with confidence, do you know? Mm-hmm. And then periods, we've almost been taught that it's a monthly inconvenience. And actually it's so important. It's considered the fifth vital sign of internal health. So if you are of menstruating age, a healthy monthly cycle lets you know your body's operating optimally internally without any other feedback and slight changes in that are markers that it's not in optimal health anymore and there are things you know and it's actually worth looking and seeing where could you optimize health what are you really stressed are you really tired are you eating well enough do you know there's there's lots of things then that you can start thinking about that are not major changes that would probably go under the radar otherwise and then yeah like you say with menopause I actually think it's quite a liberating time for women if they if they're not scared of it and they're they don't see themselves as past it it's almost you know a, a step into freedom of the responsibilities and duties that potentially come during your childbearing years do you know and you've got so much more to give plus you've got a wealth of experience behind you that if you know how to manage your your health and your symptoms and get yourself to that optimum place of health and not settle for aching joints and rage because you don't have to because there's loads of options even if hrt is not your thing you just need to know and that's i think there's that big knowledge gap that women don't know and they're they've been too embarrassed to say I've not slept for five months because I'm so hot and sweaty through the night I can't sleep or do you know like I had moments of like my life was on slow motion in front of me (laughs) and I was like oh don't say that oh oh don't don't be ragey like that oh we're doing it oh we've done it oh well like we'll just we'll just have to ride that wave then do you know yeah yeah totally and I think it's like what you kind of said earlier like you don't know what's kind of going on with your own body and there wasn't that information out there for you when you were kind of experiencing it It, you can feel really lonely yeah and And I think I think the whole thing can you know women who suffer with their menstrual cycle feel really lonely because they feel like no one understands them or do you know it New, being a new mum can be one of the loneliest times of your life because not everybody in your social circles had a baby your husband his life never changes he just gets up and goes away all his clothes still fit him goes away and does his thing and you're like wow I've got this tiny baby that's crying and and my clothes fit me and I'm leaking from every possible orifice do you know like and I'm quite sad and lonely and then menopause can be quite lonely when women are like I've had more than more than five or six clients who thought they had dementia because their cognitive function was so badly affected and they'd got themselves into a place where they'd just written off the next 20 years because they were like right I've got dementia that's it life's life's over and then they got the right help and they were like wow I've not got dementia I'm actually totally fine but you know if they hadn't spoken to me they'd never have known and they'd just have have like signed off the rest of their life to being unable to participate in life fully 
Yeah. And I don't know if it's just a, the generational thing as well, like where we have just been like, I'm just going to go like do what the boys do. Like I am the same and I can push and we can, we just get yeah. on with it and we just try and do it. No matter the barriers that we all face, we're just trying to do it like the boys and show the boys how it's done. And I don't know if that stems into all these other aspects of life where we're like, I'll just get on with it. I'll just deal with it. I'll deal with the leakage. It's fine. It's normal. Let's not talk about it. Just deal with it. We just try and deal, 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 deal. Whereas yeah. actually there's things out there that actually could help us and make our life easier. And and, and we don't have to settle. No. Yeah. I've said that um, quite a few times that when I've been talking about menopause in particular. If it was a men, man thing, you'd get HRT like you get LEMSIP mm-hmm. because they wouldn't settle for being sweaty, being mildly incontinent, being ragey, not having sleep, suffering with brain fog and cognition problems. Like I always say, I've got a degree in education, which is pretty much a degree in known names. And I couldn't, for the life of me, remember words or people's names or sometimes my own name. Do you know, like trying to get one of the kids to go through, we've got three kids and two dogs and I'd be through all five names before I got the right person. Resorted to shouting, hey! <laughs> and I'd be like, what? Do you know? Um, so yeah, if uh, if it was a if it was a man thing, we it wouldn't be shrouded in the mystery that it is because they just wouldn't settle. But we're our own worst enemy because we just power through women just power through they just get on with it because they have to and while that does what it needs to keep things going I think it's very much slowed progress because we don't we haven't talked about it we've just powered through and kidded on kidded ourselves that it was normal and it would be fine I feel like fine's not good enough yeah it's not and I feel I think I said this to you before, but I do feel like a little bit of social media has helped and opened up more discussion because we're not just in our own little friendship group where there's five or four of us and we maybe talk a little bit, but then we may not talk because we're so busy with kids and everything else that you never get a chance to have those deep conversations like I'm struggling. But now when we're on social media and you do have those people that go, fuck it, I'm going to talk about this. And they talk about yeah. it. And so many people are like, oh my God, like I have these symptoms. Like it's not just me. And it makes people feel understood like I feel like that's had a huge benefit whereas I don't think if we didn't have social media there wouldn't be people that could get that platform to spread this message like people like yourself to be able to like help coaches know that there is now a platform that they can come to that they can learn more to help coach their female clients more so like we're going to go into like some other stuff really soon in terms of like how people can understand their bodies a wee bit more we could talk for hours but one thing I really wanted to just chat to you a little bit we can try and go into this briefly is like there is so little research on women in mm-hmm. the fitness industry can you explain maybe like why that is Part of it is that science needs clear factors and variables and no two women are the same. I mean, no two humans are the same, but you know, you take 10 menstruating women, for example, and they're all on a different day of their period, or even if they were all on the same day of their cycle, their hormonal profile would be completely different. So those variables change the goalposts for for the scientific outcome it's much easier to use men because they don't have those wide varied hormonal profiles and it's they can keep those variables the same 
So when they're trying to prove an outcome, they can very, very clearly state, you know, that that hor the hormone cycle didn't impact the result. Um, and then you've got the ethics for women as well. You know, you've got the potential of being pregnant and that changes, that makes getting the ethics part of your science research more difficult to achieve. Um, and then you've got the physical differences as well. Do you know, this is quite generic, but do you know, if you chose 10, 25 year old men, for example, they're not going to have massively different bodies if they all, you know, say you took a football team, 15, or that's a rugby team, 15 guys, they will be different because of rugby team. Let's go a football team, 10, 11 guys. They're all relatively the same. You know, like they look, their body makeup's quite the same, but you take 10 female football players and you've got different breast size for, for a start, you know, to, to take into consideration um alone so yeah body shape and body type is more variable I think for men and women so it just the short answer is it's easier to do science research on males than it is on females yeah so even medical research is the same and there's like I was horrified to find out that they just with medicine largely just shrink the dose that they would give to men for women. But there are some drugs that were found to be dangerous because women have a different fat profile to men and the absorption rate was different because of the fat profile. So actually this, the dose became dangerous for women. And I think one of the drugs was like an antihistamine, do you know, like, but just that shrink it and pink it version was then actually problematic for women. There was, I think there was a heart medication as well. Whereas we know, you know, like the symptoms of a heart attack, even for men and women are totally different, but we've only really been taught to recognize a heart attack in men. It's that whole powering through thing because women tend not to be like, oh, chest, oh God, they just get on with it. Whereas men are like, I'm dying. <laughs> I sound like a man here. I totally don't. I've got two no. sons and a husband, do you know, but I do feel like women have been shortchanged massively across the science and science r&d field yeah and i think it's that backlog as well as like it was a lot more men and stuff that were in yeah. fitness industry as well that it kind of stemmed there and some research is really old as well yeah is like for men back in like maybe like the 60s 70s 80s and now we're in 2020 some i seen a thing a meme recently and it was like 2023 people born in 2000 are now 23 but I'm 23. How, how, like, do you know that way? Because I feel as if it's only been, I, f I don't know. I'm like, how are they 23 already? Like the years but, of and research that's 48, how much has technology changed with iPhones yeah. and stuff since like the early 2000s? It's like, we're still going by research in like the 19, 1998 and stuff. And it's like, that's yeah, exactly going. Things have changed massively. So I think there's a huge backlog with like a more male dominated area. And now it is, becoming a bit more balanced it definitely is but there's not it's so hard to research on women because of all these different fundamentals like I know you don't have the answer to that in any way but what should we maybe be aware of like 
with maybe when we do see research coming out maybe like for me I seen something on a newspaper recently and when I went through and read it it was all done on men and I was like well yeah. still that doesn't yeah and and a lot of the research where it states that it's men and women the split's like uh, there's a woman in the research you know it, it's not 50 50 um if you're really interested in the science there's a there's three women who have written a book called The Female Body Bible, and they go by the Well HQ, um, Emma Ross, Baz Moffat, and Bella Smith. And they are pioneering female-specific education being brought into sport and exercise. Um, Baz was a rower, I think. Um, and I forget if it was Emma or Bella, but one of them was the head of research in the for two olympic cycles for team gb do you know so they like the the other one's a, a female health doctor um and they share a lot of of well done research so you, through their website if you're a science buff and like me and you like to read the research and you like to see what's out there um that's a good place to start um and then read the the blurb and see the one of the problems with a lot of research that has had that has had women only it's not very good quality research so it doesn't stand up to peer review or uh, meta-analysis you know the things that researchers use to say this is gold standard research but there is a lot coming out and there's a lot of um, there's a lot of pioneering female scientists in the sport and exercise world who are doing a lot of good work um stacy sims is an american and she she did a lot of work with her first book was was it called roar was the first book roar or the second book roar one of them anyway was was working with your menstrual cycle and then the second one was menopause related um and her team do a lot of work and she cites a lot of good research so yeah there's lots of stuff out there or drip feeding into the market now uh, hazel wallace the food medic she's another one that she's got a female specific health book now and she shares a lot of stuff that's good quality research into women's health yeah well maybe write them down after the podcast and pop them in the description but i, I love the food medic she's amazing like i love what she's doing and um i think as well like just to quickly note is that like you said it is harder to do women that's the main thing it's just going to be harder and it will take longer but you could still get kind of research there and hopefully we do see that change in the future but also stuff like even just like gym equipment a lot of it's designed for the average man like I've tried to put women on leg press and stuff before and they're teeny they're like yeah <laughs> like just below five foot and I'm like oh like this is not going to fit our limbs like it's just sometimes realizing some kit is big and bulky um, and a lot of it has been designed for men as well and we maybe needed that things a little bit to kind of get oh, it definitely. you um, so yeah it's just really interesting to know that these things again there's nothing wrong with you it's just things yeah. happen a lot more even bike saddles the groove in a bike saddle is to protect the nerves in like men's like I'm not sure about their scrotum but definitely like their undercarriage anyway that's what the groove is there to protect and you're like, wow, you thought about a man when you made the saddle, but what about us? Do you know, like, how come, how come the ma- the mainstream saddle is to protect men? Like, what? <laughs> is that fair? Yeah, 
Yeah, and you see so many like uh, professional athletes like suffering from that yeah. pelvic floor and stuff because we're so into like I think they're ma- they've not even changed the saddle really a hundred percent yet for mainstream um, yeah. women and and men. Um, so yeah, I think it's just good to bring awareness to that for sure because a lot of people don't really realize that unless you yeah. are in the fitness industry. So thank you for sharing that with us. Now we know. <laughs> everybody's different so we can't give people the answers today of what's going to be perfect for them but we know like most women listen to this podcast are maybe mums they've maybe been through menopause but they're definitely women who are really busy so we kind of thought like okay maybe we can look for stuff that women that are really highly stressed maybe struggling with their sleep maybe got a lot going on in life like what maybe kind of considerations would you maybe put in for those kind of women to have a healthier lifestyle um so planning and prepping would probably be my like biggest thing I know certainly for myself when I consciously plan in training nutrition and recovery for the coming week I'm far more likely to make that happen than if I just like see what happens you know by the time I see what happens it's bedtime on a Friday night and I've not done anything and then I'm like god I'm such a miserable cow because I haven't exercised and I've eaten shit because I was eating on the run and didn't actually take time to look after myself whereas a couple of hours over the weekend can really change how a week goes for me and like I even plan like what washing gets done on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you know, like what things have to to happen in the house, what things have to happen for the kids, what meals we're having, because like I saw a meme the other day where someone was saying the worst thing that nobody tells you about having kids is you've got to decide what they have for tea for the next 18 years. Like it's one of my biggest, like I could sit in the supermarket and sob sometimes when I'm like, I don't want to have to think about what to make people for dinner only for one of them to be like, well, this is great. One of them to be like, I don't like this. Or we're having this again, do you know? And I'm like, ah. Or, and then you say, well, what do you want for tea? And they're like, so I've taken to, we've got a cookbook cupboard. And I'm like, choose a book each, choose a meal each. And when you have that meal, you have to take ownership for the fact that you chose it, even if it's not what you fancy and you don't, you don't like it that night. Make a better choice next week. Um and yeah I do the same with exercise so what I'm going to do each day and when I'm going to do it because like this morning I got up and did my own workout early morning because it's the only time I can fit it in and I was like I might get it in in the afternoon but that might becomes never because then I've got kids at home and they want things and the dogs need walked you know like so planning and prepping definitely number one tip don't scrimp or overlook recovery that I've found I don't know if you find that with your clients but that's the first thing that goes when clients are busy is their recovery days or their active recovery or their five minutes of mindfulness each day you know like the things that they're like well that's not my workout so it doesn't count so I'll just miss that out Whereas actually, if you're stressed and you're busy, exercise, although it's good, it's still stress on stress. And there's only so much that your body can take and your mind can take. But if you actively build in active recovery days, doesn't have to be nothing. 
that can be your walk day or your swim day or your yoga day but don't scrimp on them and don't scrimp on the hour before bed killing your screen time and the wind down or the even if it's only five minutes they say if you've only got time for 20 minutes meditation a day you should do 40 do you know so meditation might not be your thing but for me I'd like to say I meditate meditate every day I don't but I do always have a coffee quietly myself in my egg chair every morning like that's a non-negotiable for me my husband's always like like you could save you save yourself 15 minutes if you didn't do that I'm like no but those are those those are the important 15 minutes I'd actually rather not wash my hair so yeah don't don't scrimp on that and then probably the biggest one well actually I'll leave that because I think that might lead us on to the next question that you want to ask me um learn how to train effectively for where you are so there's no point knocking your pan in with hundreds of hours of cardio if that's not actually going to get you where you want to go so if you are busy if you are stressed if you're not entirely sure about what training you need to be doing for where you are in your life journey and what your goals are get help and learn how to do it effectively because you'd be amazed what you can do in half an hour if you know what you're doing and you know why you're doing it then if you just aimlessly do you know put a 60 minute workout in and you you spend too long resting or not enough time resting or you're doing loads of hypertrophy training and actually some short or really heavy sets would be better you know so yeah learn how to do it effectively and efficiently and that will make it much easier to program in and stick to yeah and these things like you've said are so easy not to do like especially the prepping for the week they're easy to do but they're easy to not to do and I say that that, that's sometimes the hardest things that you need to kind of stick to um so one thing quickly I love that you get the kids to help because that definitely gives you some decisions you don't need to make which is amazing and they take responsibility for that I love that idea and then um second one what was the second one again your uh efficiently no what was your second one uh, oh don't scrimp recovery yeah recovery love that as well and even just like those little things like those little bit of meditations but one thing we sometimes do with ladies that are really busy is like when you get home and before you go in the house just sit in the car just yeah. or even just when you're driving home put the radio off because it's just noise 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 yeah. noise you get in the house it's noise 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 it's like just drive home with no sound and I know you might drive listening to this podcast when you're driving and that's great but try and give yourself those wee moments of just pure silence like it doesn't need to be you like sat cross-legged <laughs> and yeah, exactly household like meditation and humming and eyeing it could just be like silence and and I find that yeah. sometimes I come up with my best ideas and like really clear my head when I'm in the car by myself and no music yeah. nothing I'm like oh I've got that answer to that thing like it helps me hugely so even things like that or just before you go in the house or just before you go in, into work just sit for a couple of minutes and just breathe like oh, I think that's a brilliant idea yeah I love that as well just like just stop for those wee seconds because you know when you go in that house you are on demand to everybody yeah. else just take a couple of seconds before you grab all your stuff and you head in the house so I just yes. want to oh yeah definitely I'll, I uh, used to it, we, we I always get shopping delivered when I can now to save time but like see going around the shops I used to put earphones in but they weren't playing anything mm-hmm. 
just so nobody spoke to you like if it and that was like my quiet time and then I would have 10 minutes in the car with a treat that I'd got myself and nothing before I drove home because it was like decompress so yeah definitely I love that there's little things in it that just the simple things make us happy <laughs> oh dear, I know. brilliant I love that so with your um next question we're of time so we'll see what we can do but how could we maybe help women start to kind of understand themselves more and and their bodies more how can we help them understand so, getting them to know they're normal no matter where you are in life if you don't already do it start tracking your cycle now today and make a note of what's normal what does normal look sound and feel like for you so do you know like I told you about me like ranting and raving at my family and being like what is going on like that's not what normal sounds like from me do you know I'm actually the friend you want in a crisis because I'm quite there it takes a lot to kind of fluster me you know I'm like oh his legs hanging off it's fine we'll be fine you know like I really am quite a calm level-headed person and I really wasn't for a while um and then do you know what does it what does normal feel like are you anxious or are you quite a calm person um what does it do you know what does it look like so if you're for example how long do you bleed for is it five days is it seven days is it two days um are you hot are you cold do you know like is, does your hair is your hair thinning it, are your nails brittle what does your skin look like have you got breakouts um do you get cramps do you get headaches do you crave chocolate all those kind of things are are little snippets of information whispers that your body gives you to tell you what normal is and when you know what normal is, you're then, it's that fore, forewarned is forearmed. You then know when things are not normal and you hear the whispers without your body having to shout at you and stop you in your tracks and say what you're doing is not working. And that is relevant whether you're just very stressed or very busy or whether you're perimenopausal wherever you are in life, if you know what normal looks, sounds and feels like for you, then you know when it's not normal. And also you can work with normal. So you know when lifting heavy works really well or when getting a walk with earphones but no noise works, do you know? Or when no training is actually a good thing and not a bad thing. Or when you can push hard and you know, you've got loads of energy and loads of power and you can really smash your sessions. Once you understand what normal is for you, you can work much more effectively and efficiently within that. And you are aware when it's not normal and you can seek the appropriate support or advice, be that from a coach, a PT, a doctor, whatever it is that you actually need. But you know when you need it. And it, it you don't get to the point that I did where like I was completely blown out the water and it was like I was wearing someone else's body because I just hadn't listened. When I look back and quite often when I look back with clients and we, you know, kind of do a timeline, they're like, oh, wow. Yeah, I did notice those things, but I was just like, meh, do you know, it's fine. Because I didn't know what normal for me was. And I could only go with what mainstream normal was. And mainstream normal is that whole gen pop, like everything's fine. So yeah, that's the best thing I think that women can do to support themselves. 
and they can start now and it doesn't cost anything and they don't need anyone to do it and you can do it on an app or if you're an old school paper diary girl like me you can note it in your diary but you'll soon see a pattern and you'll soon learn the rhythm of your body if you don't already and some people are like oh well, I already do that but they don't like they've maybe no, like well, been in the app for like one day and then totally discarded it because we are busy like life is yeah. not but I do think it is really important to start getting averages of yourself. Like I know for me, my period will be maybe kind of four days, like around there, like always. And like sometimes if it's shorter, I'm like, oh, wow, that's a bit weird. That's strange. And it's just little things like that that go a long way. And sometimes this is why it is good to have a coach as well, because it does bring that awareness back to you. Like one thing that you say as well is like when women work with you, they know themselves more than they ever have done before. That's similar to what we do on Lead Hard as well. Like, I've had so many women come to me going, my period doesn't really affect me. And I'm like, but does it? <laughs> I notice within a week it does, definitely. <laughs> like week one, they're so motivated. They're like, I'm so tired. I don't know what's wrong with me. And I'm like, mm, where are you in your cycle right now? And they're like, yeah. I, don't know. I don't know. And I'm like, that's maybe something that we can use as a tool while we're coaching you that if you're having a bad week, we can maybe kind of look into these things and help you understand yourself more and why you're hungry and why you're tired and why you're going <laughs> And also one thing for me last week or this week, was it this week? Yeah, this week, Monday, I had a bit of a low sore back. My back, my lower back gets a bit sore when I've got my period and I'll always be like, I'm not deadlifting. Like, it's just not worth it on those days when I've already got a bit of aching pain to then be deadlifting. So there's so many things that are so powerful to know about yourself that for when you are going through menopause or when life does changes, you can really kind of get a grasp of what's going on and that's not normal for you. So exactly and if your body's working really hard behind the scenes so they say your the second half of your cycle is when your body it's like the prep phase so even though you're not planning on having a baby it's preparing you to have one in case you do so it's using that's when you're generally seeking out those extra calories because it's working so hard behind the scenes and then you pile more work and stress on top of that and then you're like god i'm shit i'm just shit but if you're like oh actually behind the scenes out with my control there's huge energy expenditure so actually I'm not going to stay up and watch that program I'm going to make an effort to go to bed a bit earlier and I'm going to drink more water and I'm not going to berate myself for having a Kit Kat at four o'clock because you know I just need that little pick me up and I'm going to get more fresh air you can start to work with your body instead of being like god I'm so shit I hate myself yeah do you know another one I want to just drop in briefly as well is like alcohol. I think a lot yeah. of women with even their cycle or through menopause is like alcohol fits you differently. It does. And if you're already feeling the emotions of anxiety, even coffee actually. So on Sunday I said to Joe, I feel like I've got a wee bit of like anxiety for this week ahead, like just got a lot on and I'm thinking a bit more and there's loads going on. And I was like, Joe would say to me later, he's like, do you want another coffee? And I was like, I would love one because I've got a lot to do but I already felt anxious that I knew another coffee was going to take me over the edge and that sounds so pathetic but it's little like that that I know about myself I can only handle one coffee yeah stays but if I'm anxious then one is definitely enough and I think alcohol is the same I've noticed with myself like I def because I drink a lot less I think as well but yeah if I'm already feeling a bit blue that's normally when people would turn to alcohol to maybe feel yeah. better to maybe feel relaxed if people are having a tough week at work and they're having that brain fog and they're like what's wrong with me maybe a glass of wine or a bottle of wine will be there to go to to relax yeah. weekend but then that's causing more brain fog then that's causing more tiredness and that's causing <laughs> more relationships with food that hunger that exhaustion you just yeah. eat and kind of feel better that 
it's noticing stuff like this affects breaking not, those cycles yeah it affects you hugely with menopause and, and period I think yeah and alcohol I've had a couple of clients who are like oh no I have to have a, a glass of wine or I can't sleep I need it to help me go to sleep and I'm like alcohol is actually a sedative so if you're sedated you're not sleeping you're not in that recovery state of sleep so then you wake up as tired as you were before you went to sleep because you haven't given your body the chance to rest and repair so could we try a different coping mechanism for sleep because all that's doing is leading to the insomnia that lots of women suffer it through perimenopause but also just through life in general when you get to bed and you've got a busy brain and you're like oh god there's so much to do and I'm so tired but I'm wired do you know and I'll just use a glass of wine to help me get to sleep and then that's actually counterproductive yeah and we don't want to tell people not to enjoy life no. like, these are joys in life they really are but sometimes for me I sit down and I go it's not it's not worth it I actually want to feel clearer I actually want to have a fresh head I actually want to have less anxiety like it's a hard decision, but I know that wine's not going to help me tonight. But it's finding that balance, like not to say they need to stop it every night, but maybe you could stop it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, still have it Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and yeah. see if you notice a difference and then decide what yeah. works for you and still having that little bit. But just making the decision of what's going to serve you more as well, if it's going to make you yeah. feel better, it, it's, it's worth it in some ways. Conscious choice instead of habit. Yeah. I feel as well, like when you do cut things down a little bit, when you do have it, you enjoy it so much more. Oh, definitely. <laughs> and then I think you become appreciative of, oh, that was really nice. Like that one glass was really nice. Uh, I remember a client saying to me, um, oh, you'll be so proud of me. I had a glass and I really enjoyed it, but I didn't fall into the bottle because I was like, I really enjoyed that. And actually I would only be pouring another glass out of habit. Whereas like she was like drinking a bottle of wine a night before that. And it took a lot, a long time. Do you know, it didn't just happen overnight. She didn't just stop that. But her, you're absolutely right. Her level of appreciation for when she did have it was completely different to, to just habitually drinking it. Like she was like, I'm drinking it like Ribena. <laughs> which is very common it's so common there's probably lots of people listening to this that are like oh god they're talking about me <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with you but it's just something you can then definitely um start to understand yourself a little bit more yeah. it's so powerful and we're all so different as well that it's really important to do it for yourself and not just go with what's on the mainstream and how somebody else and what somebody else does when they've got their period you see people have weird and wonderful drinks when they're at a certain <laughs> month and you're like I don't have the time to make that you no. don't you. <laughs> or the willpower to down it <laughs> so for you Gemma who's someone who is like a woman in your life when you were younger that you looked up to and inspired you was there anyone that comes to mind um so I think as a mum definitely my mum inspired me you know to to be the, the like the family matriarch you know um but as a young girl I think it was sporting icons like Shan Davis you know that there weren't as many notable females then so to see women out there doing it like I remember watching the Olymp Olympics when they were in Atlanta and because of the time difference they were on like through the night 
and sitting up so that I could see these female athletes compete. Not that, because we didn't have social media, you couldn't really follow them and they weren't in mainstream magazines. It was only boy bands, do you know? But to see them perform at the Olympics, I was just like, that is amazing. And those women, even though I didn't know who they were necessarily, but just to see them doing their thing and being these powerful women just totally lit the fire in me perfect thank you so much and I've loved this today this is probably like one of my favorite podcasts so far I love chatting about this stuff and I'm so happy we found you and we've been able to bring you on and open up this conversation some more but so thank you so much but for anyone else that's feeling like me where can they where can they find you so Instagram if you are a coach or a PT or a fit pro and you're like oh, I could do with a little bit more then you'll get me at the women's health mentor and if you are a woman navigating her own health journey and you would like a bit more you can get me at the women's health coach both on Instagram amazing I shall pop them in the description I'll get you to send the books over that you've mentioned as well description so everyone can just explore these things so much more for themselves as well but Gemma you've been amazing I knew you would be thank you so much for your time today. thank you you everyone else thank you for listening I hope you've loved that today and I'll catch up with you all very soon